I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the official England podcast. It is now two days after our round of 16 game against Germany. And if you missed yesterday's episode and you've been sleeping under a rock for the last 48 hours, I can confirm that England beats Germany 2-0 and will be playing in the quarterfinals of the Euros. Let's face it, you knew that anyway, but it's nice to mention again, isn't it? I'm Adam Smith and I'm here to bring you all the latest from the England camp and beyond as they prepare for their quarterfinal match against Ukraine on Saturday. There are quite simply no days off for us here on the podcast and we wouldn't have it any other way. We've got another corker of a show for you today. Here's what's coming up. We'll be looking back at what was a historic night at Wembley Stadium. Goal scorer and England captain Harry Kane joined Josh Denzel in the Lions' den. Once that ball hits the back of the net, it's just pure elation, pure joy. They're the moments that stick with you forever, you know. I'll be catching up with my mate inside the camp. Yes, Josh Denzel himself joins us later. Speaking to Calv, he said, I'd never felt so stiff after a game because, I mean, them boys were covering ground. And I had the privilege to speak exclusively with the main man himself. Yes, England manager Gareth Southgate. The day was about this team and our fans. So that's an incredibly powerful thing and it's uh, lovely to be a part of. So stick your feet up, get that England shirt in the wash and let me serenade you with all things Three Lions. You're listening to the official England podcast. Well, I certainly haven't forgotten how special a night Tuesday was. It was an incredible tactical performance from Gareth Southgate and the boys and the atmosphere was incredible. As a result of Sterling and Kane's goals, England are through to the quarterfinals and will play Ukraine in Rome on Saturday night. It'll be the team's first time travelling outside of the country for a game this tournament. Just like us here on the official England podcast, Lion's Den has been broadcast every single day of the tournament to give you that extra insight into what's going on behind closed doors. And yesterday it was the turn of England captain, goal scorer and all-round legend, let's face it, Harry Kane, to chat to Josh Denzel. I've kept you waiting long enough. The goal. <laughs> talk, talk me through it. Was it we had to, you had to wait a while for it. Is it something, was it like more of a, like a, a release of joy? Was it like, thank God that I've, I've got this goal, now we just kick on? What was the feeling? Yeah, I mean, as a striker, you know, you want to score every game, 100%. But I'm also someone who don't get too carried away if I'm scoring loads or if I'm not scoring. I mean, I just try and stay in the moment. I always say to young 
boys and girls growing up, just, wait, just, just be ready for the next one, you know. As a striker, you might miss a couple of chances. Just be ready for the next one. And, and I've always got belief in myself. So obviously Jack put a great ball in and I just managed to kind of adapt my body a little bit. Adapt and, your body? I think you, you do, you're doing I, Pilates and yoga to I get know, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then once that ball hits the back of the net, it's just pure elation and pure joy. The moment as well, just seeing Wembley like it was. And yeah, just being part of that and... Obviously, the celebrations, see a couple it of pictures there, just... pure joy. Like, it yeah. wasn't one of those, like, pre-rehearsed celebrations. It was just carnage. Yeah, and, and they're the best ones, you know. They're the ones you want to be involved in. Everyone jumping on top, little bundle. And, yeah, they're the moments that stick with you forever, you know. Now, one thing that wasn't toothless was England's performance on Tuesday against Germany. But one thing that certainly is toothless is Josh Denzel, who lost one, celebrating England's goal. Josh, is this true? Talk to me. It is a fact. I had to actually, <laughs> I was rushed to the dentist this morning because basically I, I, I split my tooth in half celebrating Raz scoring. We're having a, we're having a few beers, not too many, having a few beers. And we've got a whole massive cinema set up where we watch the game at St. George's Park. And uh, the goal's got in and, and the, the cap of the, the bottle has just conked into my oh. tooth. So by the time I'd finished celebrating and I was like, wow, I've got to calm down a bit. I thought, I've like gone, <laughs> hang on, something isn't right here. And yeah, half my tooth is on the floor of the cinema. But... We scored. That's it, yeah. And do you know what I love about that story is it just epitomises how crazy the nation goes when England score. Mate, I mean, that intro, that works on quite a few levels then, doesn't it? Toothless, tooth missing. I like, I like what you did there. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So, I mean, let's talk about that game. Josh, I was lucky enough to be there. I, I honestly think it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been at uh, watching England at Wembley. Could you sense that watching it? I was getting all these videos from my pals who were on the way to the game in Wembley when fan parks were at the stadium in the concourse. Yeah. And it just, it was electrifying. Even through the TV, you could hear it. And like, yeah. you know, it, when when you you could see some of the uh, sports presenters for the, for the different channels like, and they had to just scream over their mics. You know what I mean? Like Rio's yeah. having, we had yeah. Rio early on in the day and he was having to scream to Gary Lineker to try and get his point across because yeah. it was so loud. And there's only 45,000 in there compared to the usual 80. Josh, the other thing that I thought was there was so many positives, mate. It wasn't just the result. It's the fact that you've got Harry Kane scoring his first goal at the tournament. Harry Maguire's fully fit. It's another clean sheet. Jack Grealish off the bench. Sterling. When I was walking down Wembley Way, I overheard people talking about six, seven different players. There's so much to be positive about, wasn't there? Unbelievable. And like, it was so nice to, to see Harry Kane score, to see Jack Grealish come off yeah. the bench and make an immediate impact, to see Luke Shaw have, get an assist, Saka to start. Yeah. Like, Maguire looks sensational. I think I've, yeah. I, and then also, and the people, don't, people haven't talked about it, Walks might be the fastest man in history. Yeah. Because <laughs> so I think we need to put some credit on his name because I feel like with that Muller chance, like he'd just done enough to get back. And, you know yeah. what I mean? There was... Yeah. There was the, Oh, everyone just came out to perform and it was like the, the occasion didn't get to us at all like everyone knew their jobs Deck knew his job Calvin yeah. knew his jobs I've, like, speaking to Calvin he said I'd never felt so stiff after a really? game I mean them boys were covering ground yeah mate it's interesting you said about Walker because when we had him on the podcast uh, he said because obviously he's the oldest player and they said that some of the lads joke and call him old man but he said <laughs> I'll race all of them and I said who's the qu who's the quickest in the squad then because you've got a lot of quick players with me and he wasn't saying it in an arrogant way he was saying I, I'm the quickest I think I'm the quickest I, I love yeah. that competitive development um, one of those players we spoke about you had uh, England captain and one of the goal scorers Harry Kane uh, what a guess that is on Lions Den we, we showed a bit 
bit of it earlier on the podcast. Brilliant guest. I imagine he was in great spirits today. Great spirits. We had him on the beanbags, nice and relaxed. <laughs> we want to keep him comfortable as possible. Bubble wrap him up. Uh, yeah. he, he was in. He was in fantastic mood. You know, just talking about the fact that he got to share some moments with his family yeah. at the game, the atmosphere. He said, like when when the fans were singing "Sweet Caroline" after and he was doing an interview, he said he just had to breathe it in, like you know what I mean, embrace it, and he loved it. It was amazing, that wasn't it? It was, it was such an amazing interview. It's almost like he, he wanted. To, him, to hear it before yeah. he, he, he said he was speechless himself, which is just incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. He was in, he was in great form and his, his, not only was he in great form, his golf was in great form as well. Unbelievable. Is his golf better than Saka's golf, Josh? Oh, it's a tough one to be honest. <laughs> I think he might just pip him at the post there. Do you know what I loved as well? You, it, within the show, you showed him clips of the nation reacting. Yeah. It's starting to feel, isn't it? Like a little bit like 2018, yeah. the whole nation is getting behind the team. People who aren't even into football are getting into it. Are you noticing it now? That yeah, it's, for sure. Everyone is talking about England now, aren't they? Twitter, my my group chats oh. is blowing up with people just yeah. sending me their little setups, the reactions, the vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've got their in the England shirt, the dog in the England shirt, <laughs> the sofa's got like an England throw on it. It's, it's the country's yeah. going mad for it, and all we need is a little heat wave, and then we're back to yeah. 2018, the glory days. That is so true. Um, tell us what's next on lines then, then, because you have no days off, mate. You're providing us with content left, right, and centre. So, what you got coming up next? Yes, we got the we got the assist king, Luke Shaw, coming on the show. He's, he's going to be. In, yeah, I was having a little chat with him the other night, and he was saying, he's excited about the he's excited about the, what this tournament could bring." So, yeah, he's going to get his in a little bit about um, what he's up to what the boys are feeling like the preparations for the Ukraine game is going to be massive yeah massive game that isn't it let's just touch upon it very quickly what, what do you make of that because a lot is being said about England's half of the draw but um, it's, it's still like they say a team that's got to the quarter final of a Euro so it's not a game that any of us can take lightly is it for sure and Sweden are no mugs either they're good 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 side and they, they turn them over extra time as well mm. let's hope that those extra 30 minutes you know took a bit out of them yeah. in, in terms of the legs and stuff like that so but in Rome no home fans it, it, it's going to be a different beast and, and coming off a massive high like the Germany game you've got to make sure that and and Harry Kane was saying like everyone's focused you know what I mean there's no point beating Germany if we're not going to go over and, and, and beat Ukraine and Rome and, and go and win three because he called it three finals you know what yeah. I mean it's nice to hear him say that because they're they're majorly focused and it's a game that we have to win love that Josh uh, great note to end it on we will chat very soon mate have a great evening I'll see you tomorrow mate pleasure looking forward to it you're listening to the official England podcast Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm absolutely delighted to say joining me on the official England podcast now, the day after the superb result against Germany is the England manager himself, Gareth Southgate. Gareth, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're extremely busy. So first question, how are you doing after such a great result? Yeah, we're we're a bit tired. <laughs> um, it was an amazing day, and um, of course, a lot of emotion in the stadium. You could feel the energy in the stadium all day, and you could sense the emotion for everybody. Um, uh, joy and and tears, from what I've heard mm. from people. So um, today for us has been all, all about recovery for the players that played, especially. The players that didn't play training this morning, which is always difficult, you know, that that group of players were fantastic this morning. I have to say their uh, mentality, it's not easy when you're involved with the team, but you haven't played. You you, you know, you've got to uh, get yourself going for that training session the next day when we've travelled and got back late. So those lads were brilliant. That's that's why we've got to the point we have, because the, the group have been so good. Mm. And then the staff as well, you know, the staff, it's a normal day, so staff in all departments are straight back to work, the kit's being washed, the training group have got a, the physical performance coaches are out, the analysis guys are hard at work on Ukraine, coaching staff are meeting on those things, so yeah, we, we were straight back into it when we got here at midnight last night, really. Wow, there's so much I want to talk to you about um, with regards to the game and the preparations. I just wanted to first, I think it's applicable just to talk about uh, the atmosphere. I I, I was so fortunate uh, through working for England to be at Wembley Stadium. And I genuinely think it's one of the best experiences I've ever had uh, as a fan being in a stadium. The atmosphere was was just incredible. And it's not cliche to say that, it it really was. Did you feel that as well, that it was one of the, the best atmospheres you've ever experienced with England? You could hear the crowd in the dressing room before. Could you? Wow. So, I mean, I stay in the dressing room when the players are warming up and yeah. you could hear the crowd singing. You could hear when the team lineup was being announced, maybe 45 minutes before the kickoff. So you could sense that electric atmosphere was there. That continued throughout the game. You know, it makes yeah. such a difference. Uh, I think there's two parts to that or more than two, but the fact that, we were playing Germany, of course. Mm. Uh, the fact that we haven't had crowds for so long, you yeah. know, it, I mean, we haven't played all season at Wembley in front of crowds, even though we were only half full. That 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 just felt totally different. And then I think the players gave the the crowd something to to hook onto, you know, whether that was our work with the ball or our work without the ball. You know, they were as appreciative of the the pressing, the hard work, the tackles, the blocks, the saves as they were the good bits of attacking play and everybody came together for that afternoon. 
Yeah, I spoke to Steve Holland, he was a guest on the podcast uh, last week, and he gave us such a fascinating insight into the preparations that go into the Germany match. Don't worry, he didn't give away any secrets. <laughs> he spoke very well about that. But from a tactical point of view, because we, we knew that there might be a change in formation, how pleased were you as manager that it seemed to tactically go absolutely spot on? That must be very pleasing for you as the manager. Yeah, we were we were close. I mean, there were problems, which inevitably any system has some weaknesses. So mm. we knew that we could exploit some weaknesses in Germany's system. We had to try and nullify their strengths as best we could. And it was going to be the same for them. We weren't perfect, but we were very, very good. And I think um, given the experience and the big match experience of their team, it took us maybe 10 minutes to settle. We gave possession away cheaply a, a little bit in the first 10 minutes, which wasn't anything tactical. That was just us, I think, a bit anxious and uh, not settled into the game quite as quickly as, as their experienced players did. But once we started to get that aggressive pressure on and um, use the ball well, then um, then we then we were, uh, you know, I think we, we were a threat. It was counter-attacks or, or, or quick transitions that were the problem for us rather than any, any structural build-up. And on a personal note, was that one of your proudest days as England manager? And does it make it more special given your history against Germany uh, uh, for England? Does it, does it make it any more special? Well, the, the, look, there's obviously a lot of personal emotion for myself and, my, and definitely for my family. So, mm. But the day was about this team and our fans. And you know, I hadn't really appreciated 55 years of knockout uh, issues. Uh, only one previous U- European Championship knockout win, so you know that was that that was brilliant to be able to send everybody home, given the year everybody's had or over a year now to bring that joy to so many people. I think over 20 million watching, as well as the supporters yeah. in the stadium. So that's a incredibly powerful thing, and it's uh, lovely to be a part of. Yeah, I want to speak to you about a couple of the individual performances. Obviously, the skipper Harry Kane scoring. He's now scored 30 goals under you as manager which is just immense isn't it how pleased were you for him to get his first goal of the tournament yeah I think any any striker always feels that sense of being unfulfilled if if the team are winning but you still don't score uh, you know I've, I've played with enough strikers in my time with England Shearer Owen Rooney uh, you, you knew that they first and foremost want the team to win but if they if the team win and they don't score, they still go home with the ump a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, so, interesting. <laughs> um, and and that narrative builds around them. And of course, every game that yeah. goes, it it becomes a bigger story for them. So, I think all all forwards would feel the same about that. And um, it was uh, also such a crucial goal because it just put the game to bed. Yeah, and of course, the boy from Brent, uh, Raheem Sterling, he loves playing at Wembley, doesn't he? His back garden, he calls it. It's amazing, that, isn't it? Well, he looks as comfortable as he, as he does in his back garden, I think, at the moment. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he's shown tremendous resilience throughout the time I've been England manager. You know, this hasn't been a straightforward path for Raheem. There was a, a game in Malta where I took him off at half time and the crowd were on his back. There was you know the world cup which was a real mixed experience for him personally and the last couple of years his 15 goals in 20 games it's a phenomenal run his performances throughout this championship have been fantastic so he's in a good place he's um highly motivated 
and uh, he's been so important for us. Yeah, we spoke about a couple of the attacking options there. Obviously, a huge positive this tournament so far. Four games and four clean sheets, which is incredible. Is that something that you and Steve and the coaching staff identified early on prior to the tournament, that actually that would be a huge factor if England are to be successful, sort of keeping clean sheets? Well, I think history tells you that big matches, defences... Uh, are often critical. You saw that in the Champions League final this year. You, you see that in tournaments of the past, but not to the detriment of everything else. You know, yesterday we we wanted our wing backs to be high, and um, we were getting more men in the box than we have in the previous games. Even though, if you look at the team sheet, perhaps one less attacking player, we we were more of a threat in in moments of the game because that was the the way the game was set up given the opposition shape and what we needed to be so look we're obviously looking really deeply at tactical things and um, sometimes that will frustrate supporters I know when when the team don't play forward for example Mm. you know we're we're trying to be a team that have that patience to to retain the ball I played for years with England we kept giving the ball away we had to chase in the heat was a big problem and I thought the players showed great resilience to be mature enough to block out those those groans when you don't go forward and and to be brave enough to to pick those moments and uh, I I think there are times we can play forward a bit earlier but also retaining the ball at different moments of the game and making the opposition run and giving yourself a, a breather defensively, it's really important. The other thing I want to speak to you about is um, the team spirit amongst this group. I've sp- spoken to, I mean, over 20 episodes we've done now, so a huge percentage of, of the England squad, and we've spoken to some legends as well. And every single player in this squad has said to me at some point how good the team spirit is. And there's been so many examples of things that we've been told, like sitting next to different people at breakfast, the fact there's no club cliques that exist. We saw uh, Phil Foden, who, who was a substitute, celebrating the goal as much as the players on the pitch. There's been so many lovely examples of just how good the team spirit is. And we've had players that have, have had less minutes saying, it's not about me, it's about the team. Just, just so many lovely sound bites that we've had on this podcast. How important has that been for you and how much credit do you take from creating what is such an incredible environment amongst this group? I think it's critical. You, you're away for a long period of time and when you're dealing with normally 23, but in this instance, 26. So 15 guys who can't start who are used to starting every week for their club. And that, yeah, you know, I'm sure everybody listening would say, well, that's, you know, get on with it. It's you're at a European Championship. and But it's an unusual yeah. situation. You know, these are highly trained, competitive animals. The, the players are, you know, race, racehorse thoroughbreds, if you like. And that that isn't an easy dynamic. You know, they, by nature, they're used to playing. It's very difficult to get to the end of a week and not not have the game you want, and in some instances not have any minutes. So it's huge credit to them as a group, the respect they've got for each other, and and I think they've all created that. You know that we've got fantastic staff who I think help that. We've known the environment that we wanted to create over the last four years, and Russia was the same. But it doesn't mean that the next group in will always embrace that but these lads have and I think we've we've selected on that basis at times we know the importance of that dynamic but in the end it's it's the response of the players that make that happen and I saw you say that you were a bit of a party pooper in the dressing room because all the focus turns uh, to the next game. So what was, t- t- fill me in on what happened on the coach journey back. Was it you're allowed one play of Sweet Caroline and then that's it? How did, how did it work on the coach journey back? Well, we're not on the same bus for a start. So we've still got this course, yeah. mad COVID 
situation of course where we've got to travel separately so the players with a couple of the staff just to keep an eye on them and uh, is that right? we're, we're on one bus so I've no idea what their bus journey was like <laughs> other than there was no beer on there so okay did you have Sweet Caroline on your bus then? Uh, we did actually yeah we had a bit of music yeah we were watching part of the um, Ukraine game as it was being yeah. played but um, yeah we had some music on because yeah we, we, we've enjoyed that anyway as a group of staff yeah. and um yeah, you've got to you, you have got to savor those moments um, because we knew as soon as we got back here and we were unpacking the kit off the bus, we were back to work. So yeah, well, what sort of music, if you don't mind me asking, because I think that listeners would be fascinated to know what the England coaching staff were listening to on the way back. Well, I, I don't want to put any individual in the frame, but Marge was on on the decks, and we didn't get any further than the eighties. I mean, it was a fascinating <laughs> thing. I said it's great because if we had a ten hour journey, we we still had plenty of decades to get to. So. <laughs> But it probably highlights the age Brilliant. of the uh, of the uh, government staff who are on that bus. I guess we're all of a, all of a similar age, really. Brilliant. Whilst we're on a sort of light-hearted mood, I wanted to ask you what Gareth Southgate's doing in his downtime because I've been speaking to all the players and we've had meditation. Harry Kane's watching Game of Thrones. Uh, we know that Raheem likes his basketball, Mason Mount his golf. So what is Gareth Southgate doing in his downtime? This is my downtime, Smithy. <laughs> is it? <laughs> No. I'm so sorry. So we're interrupting your downtime to be on the podcast. Don't, don't worry. No, look, we're in the battle zone, if you like. And um, yeah. every minute you want either the opportunity to speak with a player, speak with a member of staff, analyse the opponent, analyse our last game. We've obviously got quite a lot of media commitments as well. So, yeah, it, it's basically grabbing sleep when you can. And of course, I have enjoyed watching the other matches in the tournament when we've yeah. had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, the reason I said that is because I've seen all the players on the basketball, the basketball court you've got there, but I haven't seen Gareth Southgate's basketball ability. So I didn't know what you were like at basketball because I know there's one there at St George's Park. I've had I've had a couple of shots when I thought nobody was watching, but there's always somebody okay. there, isn't there? Eddie's <laughs> normally there with his camera taking <laughs> So... Yeah, I, I'm okay. I, I back myself reasonably. Okay. Uh, not not at the level of one or two of the players, but yeah, uh, enough to not embarrass myself. Brilliant, uh, brilliant. Here, let's look ahead to the next game. Playing away from Wembley now uh, for the first time in Rome with less fans, of course, against Ukraine. What sort of different challenges w- will this one possess? Yeah, absolutely. I, I said to the players this morning, you know, this is now a, a fantastic challenge for us. We've got to go away from Wembley potentially quite hot climate hardly any England fans in the stadium maybe not a particularly big crowd full stop in the stadium an opponent that where we knew and the players knew individually so many of the German players and their their direct attributes we're having to learn a lot more more quickly we have watched Ukraine over the last year or so Mm. but of course, their players, not as many of them are playing in the Bundesliga or the uh, English Premier League. Um, there's obviously a couple who are. And then there's this perception that now all we've got to do is turn up and we're, yeah. we're, we're on our way. So we're just very clear that total focus now on Saturday. We have to prepare the game in the right way and our mentality is critical. I wanted to just, um, we had a few legends on. We had John Terry on recently who spoke about how, how well he, he thinks the team's doing defensively. Stuart Pearce was on. He actually said, and I'll quote, I know Gareth's my mate, but I'm proud to have him leading my country for everything he does. How nice is that when you hear those sort of quotes from, from uh, some former teammates and ex-legends in the game? Yeah, there, there are some people who you know I've got huge respect for and I've had some nice messages from a couple of former England internationals and some uh, some people who I hold in really high regard and mm. yeah the 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 job is to create a team that um 
the nation can relate to and create memories that last forever. And yeah. you know, we we did that yesterday. I think the opening game was a was a great occasion against Croatia. The Scotland game is always a big occasion. I know the game didn't fulfil what we would have hoped, but it was a, a crucial part to us qualifying. And now we've got a, a, a quarter-final, which again, we've only been to one semi-final since the European Championship was in a tournament format. So a fantastic challenge for us again. Yes, yeah, big challenge. We're all so excited about the game. My final question to you, I, I spoke to you and asked you this when I was lucky enough to do the squad announcement um, up in uh, Rockcliffe Hall with you about the impact that football can have for this country. We know it's been such a tough year, uh, for, not just for England, but for, for everyone around the world with the pandemic. Did, did, are we starting to see now just how much this tournament is being embraced by the country? And how proud does that make you feel that we've really got a chance to put smiles on so many people's faces? Because I left Wembley Stadium last night and, and I just haven't seen the country so happy in such a long time. That must make you so proud as the manager of this group of players. To be the manager of your country is a privilege. That is the opportunity that it, that it gives you. And of course, mm. this has been a, a remarkable 18 months for everybody the world over. But close to home, you, you know the issues people have faced, whether that's been kids who've not been able to get to school and get the schooling that they need, whether that's been people who've lost their jobs, more seriously, people who've lost loved ones and suffered. And of course, for everybody in the country, that loss of freedom and normality. So to bring that happiness, to know that so many people were watching on a early Sunday evening when when a lot of people will be together as a family. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's very special and I couldn't be prouder of the way the players went about the job. But as I said, Smithy, it's Saturday now for us. You know, it, 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 the, the messages are great, the congratulations are great, but they're also dangerous because it take it can take an edge from you, and we've got to get that edge in our in our feeling now, ready for for Saturday. Get ourselves back to that performance state we had before the game against Germany. Yeah, Gareth, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you as always. And we've had so many messages uh, of congratulations and, and also wishing luck for the next game. So all the best. The nation is behind you and hopefully we'll chat again soon. Good to see you again. Cheers, Smithy. Yeah, I've got to say it was a real pleasure to chat to Gareth Southgate. I've been fortunate enough to work with him on a few occasions now and he's always been an absolute gent. And let's face it, as fans, we're all incredibly proud of the work he's doing and what he's achieved so far with this talented squad. That's it for today's episode, but fear not. We will be back tomorrow with yet more Three Lions content for your ears to enjoy. Until then, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I don't know why I keep having to remind you, this is literally the only podcast with official insight into the England camp, interview with the players and staff, and of course, much, much more. So all that's left for me to say on this episode is, see you tomorrow, stay safe, and come on England.